What is good, everybody? This is Josh coming back for you with the This Is It podcast. And today, everybody, I got my boys here from Deaf and Poor. Now, if you live in Hasbury, there's no doubt you've heard about these dudes. Niggas got that groove, that sound they're known for. And on Monday, they're releasing a documentary called There and Back about their uh, summer tour they did in 2016. So, guys, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. What's up? How's it going? So... Whose idea was it to record, like, to make a documentary Entirely on the tour? Entirely mine. I take full credit. That's Clay, by the way, speaking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. I do everything. <laughs> so. uh, we, we didn't re- introduce everybody, but Forrest, Clay, yeah. Alex. Yeah, let's do that with our voices. Forrest, introduce okay. yourself. I'm Forrest Proctor. I play guitar and sing in Deaf and Poor. I'm Clay Parker. I play drums and try to sing in Deaf and Poor. I'm Alex Musgrove. I play bass and everything else. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you went for like the low baritone voice too, as if you were a bass singer. <laughs> play bass. So you were saying that it was completely your idea to do the documentary entirely. Or, uh, is is that completely true, guys, or is that just not bullshit? at all? <laughs> no, it's definitely true. Definitely uh, true. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was Forrest's idea because uh, he had gotten that camera that Sony, uh, no, that Canon. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it was just because we had that in the GoPro that it was yeah. accessible, you know. It just made sense to do it. Yeah. And we didn't, like, take a big crew or anything. It's nothing special. It's just, like, hand. everybody's doing camera work. So Alex is doing camera work. Clay's doing camera work. Pretty much just picking up a camera, whoever is the closest. Yeah, my little brother Cody came on the tour with us, too. and uh, Cody did a lot of camera stuff. He did, yeah, a lot. He actually recorded our show at the Blind, at the blind Mule. Which you can find any live on, stuff on he was doing because we were playing instruments, yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Unless it's on a you know a tripod or whatever, but yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like a found footage type movie. Not 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 for like found footage isn't like paranormal activity, but like no, it it definitely is. It's definitely uh, gonna get lost in the noise of the internet. There's no way like many people. Are <laughs> it's that style for sure. Even though it's yeah. not like archive footage, it's mm. shot like it's archive footage. You know? Yeah, yeah. So you guys are gonna be releasing on Monday, Thursday, but but are you gonna like? put it on the internet for free or yeah oh uh, well I don't know we're not really sure yet like I'm looking at uh, Amazon uh, Direct right now mm. which is a new platform that's only been up for about six months but the average consumer can just put their movie out there for the price that they want so kind of looking at that if we want to sell it if we don't want to go that route we might just put it on YouTube for free and drive people to our website for our music yeah, use it as like a tool to get people. also uh, you know monetizing the YouTube like we would like to make money and we're going to sell physical copies but it's not really about that for us it's yeah. really in more fact about... we haven't even thought like you can tell we haven't thought too much about the money yeah. <laughs> we're just, just trying to get the edit done and get it into people's eyeballs yeah <laughs> how long did it take to edit this uh it depends on what you mean like it took six months for sure because we're six months away mm-hmm. and we got three days or four days or so until we release it but you know I wasn't editing it every day uh so it probably took four weeks of if I was working at a desk eight hours a day. Oh, okay. Four weeks to edit. I was thinking it was like some intensive like fucking care, like film project where it was like the director went crazy and shit and you guys had to like sit down. <laughs> no, I did. I did get heavy on drugs uh, <laughs> in, in month four. Month four was rough. But then these guys pulled me out of it. Well, see, the thing is a director can't go crazy if they're already crazy. That's so. True. True. That is the truth. And if you ever heard the term mad genius, there's mad. Mad is the first word. That's the first He's thing you gotta mad. have. <laughs> first thing you gotta be is crazy, and then you can be a genius. He's always mad, especially if Alex is in the room. 
Yeah, I hate Alex Musgrove with a passion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Anything my boy. You want to That's that my out. boy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, Alex helped me yesterday on a music video. He uh, he was like the grip, so he did great. What a music video was it for? Uh, it's for one of our buddies who's a hip hop artist. It goes by St. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. And Alex, I wouldn't have been able to do that yesterday without him there. I was like St. I was like, there's a hip hop artist called STS. I was like, that sounds familiar. And there's also STS Nine. There is. Yeah. Is there anyone named S? Well, see, he goes after it's, it's Saint something. <laughs> what is it? Do you remember Alex? Is he? No, it's Saint something. Saint. Just Saint. Maybe. Maybe it's just. Well, I thought it was just Saint, but then yesterday he said something else. Anyway, I don't know. It's gonna yeah. be a cool video. It's yeah, kind of shitty. We don't remember his rap. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, unknown artist. Yeah. I hope he doesn't hear this. Like I'm gonna send it to him. <laughs> it's like, bro, you're up in this podcast. We talked about you in the first five minutes. <laughs> no, dude. Like yesterday, like I, I didn't thought like me and like uh, my friend were gonna roast people on the air, but it's like completely started going there after a while. It's like roasting niggas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna roast him too hard, but I will say this, Izzy. You're making it kind of easy for people to make fun of your name because all they gotta do is add a D after the T. <laughs> like, like, start, like if, if you had something go wrong like a Kanye thing like you start becoming a douchebag they're gonna be yeah. like oh yeah let's go see STD <laughs> <laughs> or if they have you know he's having a flare up tonight he's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be on fire <laughs> feel the burn no nah, no nah, anybody out there don't don't take this seriously <laughs> so what do you think like the best show on like the tour was if if I could ask you I think we can all say it at the same time don't, don't say it because we reveal that in the documentary ah, it's actually a part where we talk about the best show really okay. so yeah. if we tell you now I think it would do just justice to it's Monday it's a teaser you want to put like spoiler alert in front of this <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad idea if we do reveal it um, let's not reveal it though no we're not going to <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, is there anything you? Hey, you can ask us what the worst show was. What was the, what was the worst show? <laughs> I know. Let's all say it at the same time. We're gonna go think about it for a second, then we're gonna go oh, one, oh, two, oh. three. What was the worst? Well, I think the one that we didn't make, maybe. No, 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 no. We're gonna say it. It's got to be one we played. Say it all at the same time. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me when you're ready, Alex. Oh no. Come on, do you think? Y'all ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Howlin' Wolf. Wolf. In New Orleans? <laughs> all right, all right. Now, I'm from New Orleans. Alan Wolf was first. That's true. <laughs> so you got to tell me what was the problem. Well, thing, well, he said Houston, which he's talking about Acadia, Bar and Grill. Um, no, I'm just talking about like the fact that they're, like the whole crowd was uh, a foosball tournament happening in the back, and then like the other bands. Yeah, but the fact yeah. that there was a crowd. And think about the content we got. We got a lot of good footage from there, and That's it was streamed true. live. There was a radio station. That is that true. We got a lot. a lot of likes from that show, like five hundred. Yeah, like well, we got like two hundred and fifty. Oh, we went up to five hundred. Yeah, that's like, what I'm thinking. We went, like over the next day. Yeah, in the next like eighteen hours, and we haven't gotten much up. further since then. I think yeah, that was sad. More but thanks to my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but Helen Wolf, that's a, we played that's before. Weird. It's not like we opened, but we played a few hours before some bigger band. Who was it that was playing that night? It was a brass band. Yeah, they're like this big band in New Orleans. Like, 
Hot Eight Brass Band. That's who it was. Really? We played. We played a couple hours before, like seven thirty for some reason. But we played in the den. We played in the den. Well, I'm just saying, like there was going to be a big band there. Yeah, but in the other in the other showroom, Mm. like the main room. But uh, there was like one guy shows up. There's a door guy too, which is sad as shit. Yeah. (laughs) One guy shows up. And then three, no, four women in their mid forties show up, and they fucking love it. Yeah, they yeah. all buy merchandise. They all buy and merchandise, and but there's literally four people there. Yeah, I mean, I, I take the foosball tournament of twenty five people over that. You know, four oh, no, I like the enthusiasm. Of yeah, those I did four too, people. but I don't know. But the main thing was like for me, just being coming from a you know sound guy producer background was that weird frequency that was just there. I don't know if any other musicians who might listen to this. Uh, have played at the Howlin' Wolf, but there's this weird frequency at the Howlin' Wolf that just kept coming through uh, Alex's bass cab, like it was just picking it up, and we... And forests. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it was coming through both the amps. Yeah, it's like sometimes when you play your amp and you get like radio stuff going through it, you ever yeah. had that? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you put like a phone on, I believe, you can like kind of hear the um the sound bites of what you're playing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we tried everything to get it to go away. I remember, like, yeah. I turned my phone off, put it somewhere, turned my amp around, I moved it all over the place. Yeah, we went direct with the bass, uh, finally. But we were yeah. using some old equipment, too, so yeah, that could have had something to do with it. So, it's decided that New Orleans is the worst show. <laughs> we played two shows there. We played two shows. The other show was awesome. Yeah. So, so Circle Bar. You know they shut that place down actually. Well, they shut. They Whoa. sold it. I think. I think they sold it. Yeah, Man. they sold uh, like a few months ago. I saw no. it on Facebook. Yeah, they sold it. I believe. Yeah, we need because be I don't think they were getting. Our thumb's really on the pulse of the music scene, isn't it? <laughs> a place that we played. I like that place a lot. I, I, know, I just think they think we're like they were getting their payments. That was yeah. really the problem. Probably not. I mean, <laughs> it was a very strange place to play. Like. It's yeah. like a 25-foot room from the bar to the back of where the drummer would sit. Yeah. There's not very much room, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's probably about 15 feet wide. It's like playing in a house. It's yeah, like, I mean, yeah. it is playing in a house. Yeah. It is an old house. Or it looks like it is. Yeah. I'm sure it was at one time. It was still fun, though. Like, <laughs> and the guy who, like, booked and promoted, he lived upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds cool. that's, that's that's like a man. shitty way to, like, live, like, to hear... Not, like, <laughs> not to hear bands, but I mean, like, to have to hear that much noise, like, every day. I think it was in him. Like, he was probably 35, and it seemed like he had been doing that for Yeah, but also, the way the circle bar is, it's three levels, so there's, like... I think he lived at the top. Probably. And so... I, I don't know. I didn't well, he was the booker, it. so he had to be yeah. down at the shows anyway to pay everybody and to yeah, make yeah. sure everything's going right. So once the show's over, he's off work. He's yeah. working during the shows, is my point. So oh, okay. It's, it's pretty cool thing. It's like bad. this dude just has this building that has a bar at the bottom. He lives at the top. Like and he in works New Orleans, that was a cool thing, man. I, I hope it's. I hope you're wrong. I hope, I, I hope I'm wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> I have to fact check Google. No, we're going to check this shit. <laughs> Come back to me. You were wrong on the podcast, fam. <laughs> so we're you, so glad. So you guys described it as being like a house. And from what I met you guys, you guys like do a lot of house shows. So can you describe how a house show is different from a regular show? Is there like a certain character that makes it a bit better? Or it's actually a misconception because we. I was literally about to say that we, we played one house show and in our whole career. Our house. <laughs> we've we've done a we've done a lot a lot of shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've but played one house show. We played pretty much everywhere in Hattiesburg, uh, except like Brewskies, and you know we just. 
played around, but like coast we, a bit. but honestly, I was like the show we played here at the Crow's Nest was definitely in like my top five shows I've ever played, just because of the enthusiasm of the people here and everyone was so generous. Nothing got broken. The cops weren't called. Nobody got hurt. Like it was insane. Every, each how, band was was good. Yeah, every, all the bands. Like were some really bands were good. great. Yeah, but then some were good. Like none were bad. Yeah, I guess. And that night we had Stellatone, Us, Harbor, and God, what was the band from Nashville? Austin? No, they're from Austin. What was their name? Is it Enjoy the weather. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy That's the weather. who it was, man. Yeah, they were they were really good. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of my top five favorite shows. You know what's funny about that though? Everybody has the same idea that you do. Like we've played tons of house shows. Like people have asked me, dude, how is it just like playing house shows? And I'm like. Well, I played one. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> we never get invited to. Like, no one ever asks us. But at the same time, like, there seems to be this fad of, uh, and maybe I just don't understand it. Maybe we just don't understand it. But this fad of playing, like, 15-minute sets. Yeah, and we're a really, really long-form band. Like, yeah, our sets like are long-form. Yeah, sure. we, I mean, we used to play three, four-hour shows. We still do play, like, three-hour shows. We just did on New Year's Eve. Um, but you know, and like we mix in a lot of covers and stuff in there, but we have a lot of original material. We got an hour and a half original, and that's and usually we, what we'll shoot for if people will let us. We want people to get their money's worth, even if it's a free show. Yeah. We want you to come and like, there's music happening, you know what I mean? Here's my issue with the bands that are on the short form length. They're not even, it's not even like a, like, oh, we can play four hours, but we choose to do this. They can only play 15 minutes. Because well, a lot of them. Yeah, a lot. Of, I know, I do know some that have a lot of material but they go with that short format because they're like oh well, we can keep people's attention this long then they're gonna go smoke a cigarette and then we're gonna lose them and they might filter back in but the way we see it is we want we're there to perform you know with entertainment you know if you so happen to just like want to step out we can't stop you and but it we're might be two people plans. who don't step out exactly those, like, people? those people those people are really in it they're, they're really digging it yeah. and then we just stop you not know. to mention, it takes a long time to set up shit. I'd like yeah, to play more exactly. than 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like if, you're, if your setup time takes longer than the time you play, like there's, there's a problem. There's something wrong. <laughs> That's like, um, there's a lot of shows I've been, um, I, think I think it's only Thirsty Hippo, where like, show starts at 9, supposedly. Starts at like <laughs> Always 9. supposedly. Nine, takes like 30 minutes for like the show to set up, and then the band plays for like maybe 15 minutes or so. So... Yeah, there is an issue there where I'm like, man. Yeah, because a lot of those shows are like seven dollars. Yeah, and you go out and yeah, there there might be four bands, but you're only still getting an hour of entertainment. Yeah, you know, whereas we like to give you know an hour and a half, two hours of entertainment for five. You and know, I'll say this or more, for us, like well, you know, hour wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, we're not like a big band when it comes to booking bills with like six bands on it. Yeah, I like two. Yeah. I like to have. A good band that opens for 45 minutes even. And then the second band until, you know, it's over. Yeah. one thirty. A lot of times we'll have a set and then we'll play like a bunch of extra songs because people are into it. Yeah. So, can't really do that with six bands on the bill. Yeah, I mean, we we, we like to leave space open for encores, you know, if, if people want it. And a lot of the times people want us to keep playing. And an encore doesn't mean there's a, there's a crowd chanting. Yeah. yeah. It can be one guy being like, dude, please play another song. That's an encore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me. So, you guys aren't just a band, you're performers. I, I mean, a lot, I know a lot of people just consider themselves bands and just want to, like, you know, for play sure. their songs, get the fuck off stage, but you yeah. guys are, like, performers. So... 
I got I like comedians kind of describe this like experiences bombing but like yeah. having failure has there ever been experience where you guys didn't particularly perform up to the standard that you were thinking you performed that day like oh, it, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I mean everyone yeah, but I think the thing about it is most people, they have those failures and they think, well, I suck at this, and they just give up. But yeah. what you have to realize is that to be successful, you have to fail a lot. You have to keep failing over and over again. This cat just, like, attacked me. Yeah, that's that's Bagheera, anyway. Um, she's cool. She, you're all right. You keep going. I'm good. I, just, I wanted people to know why I was yelling, motherfucker, or whispering it. Right? You got bleep noises in there? <laughs> fucking no. Uncensored. No, this, this, this is yeah, all po- Yeah, too. most podcasts are like, they have that, what is it? Extra, explicit. like explicit content. Yeah, well, it's just motherfucking, eat. yeah. That makes me happy. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me go off because I'm sure you forgot what you were talking about. Uh, Bailing a we lot. played at the Boom Boom Room one time. Well, I th- I'll say this: I think our energy really helps us out a lot. Yeah, we can like, be terrible, but it looks like we. Yeah, we can be <laughs> not on our game, but not that you're distracted, but you're so entertained by our energy that if something goes wrong, it's it's almost like it kind of makes up for it. But uh, we played at the Boom Boom Room one time, I remember, and that was definitely the worst performance we had ever done. I don't remember the show specifically. But it was bad. That was... Oh, I Alex remember. wasn't in the band. What about the time we played the Boom Boom Room and we didn't play? Oh, yeah. I that. <laughs> but that same night, uh, we booked a show at Nick's and ended up playing there. And, like, our crowd that was going to come to the Boom Boom Room went moved Nick's. there. Like, we, like, told Last everybody second. about it. Yeah. And it ended up being a really good show. Like, we were really... Uh, tight that night and people really enjoyed it we made some money I totally forgot we went and played there yeah cause it was, I thought I think we went back to the studio our studio at the time was like a couple blocks yeah and we went to unpack and <laughs> that studio was so just wretched I mean just absolutely like I can't <laughs> keep throwing ratchet. no wretched not ratchet those are two different things well it was both it was both. <laughs> it looked like it. It looked like it was frozen in time in the seventies. It really, it really did. It was like if you went in there, like all the furniture was still from the seventies. All the pictures like hadn't been changed. That was kind of the beauty of it. It was, was really cool. It was creepy, but but, cool. but it had these stairs that like wrapped around. So like unloading our gear and then you know all that was just where is that nightmare? Um, you know. It's just it's downtown Hattiesburg. It's this old building. It's uh, it used to be a trucking company. It's like a warehouse, and okay. they have like offices yeah. in part of it. And he rents the offices out. It's a it's a known thing in Hattiesburg. Like, like a lot of bands, bands like yeah, Stellatone. Face uh, on I'm not Mars. sure. Face on Mars, Emerald Mars Navy, Volta. Uh, Before I Hang, <laughs> Mars Volta. Before they broke up, came to Hattiesburg. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of bands in there, man. Yeah, yeah. Nickelback is you know. <laughs> <laughs> Led Zeppelin. That's why <laughs> Led Zeppelin. That's why they're Nickelback. What is it? That's why they're Nickelback. <laughs> but seriously, what he was saying. Oh, by the way, cat scratch fever is a real thing out there. Um, my stepdad had it. The cat Ted Nugent him. wrote about it. And he, dude, I'm serious. He almost died. Like his heart started doing some weird shit. And he had to go to the hospital and stay there for a while. What was the weird shit? So Bagheera like, just scratched me, and I went and like sanitized my hand and scrubbed it with soap. Scratches. Hopefully, I won't have cat scratch fever. Like this thing is behind me. If it I... happens, um, and I die, just want to say to everybody, I really appreciate everything, and I love the world, even though it doesn't love me sometimes. Yeah. 
I just want to say, there's one thing you guys did that was fucking amazed me. I've never seen any band do this, but it was like, it was during the house show I went to, because that was the first time I saw you dudes. But it was like, I don't know what happened. I think you had to go to the bathroom, I believe. And so, you just like left the guitar, and you just like left the bass, and Clay was just drumming the entire time. Like, he was doing pretty much an instrumental breakdown, and I was like, I don't think these dudes like planned this, but this is perfect. <laughs> Dude, we, we came back and started the song. Yeah, right and now. started right back there. <laughs> we we did plan it. That's oh well, no. Here's the thing. Said. We no, we didn't plan it. We've been doing that so long. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Like, like, that's like that's like part of our set. Like King that's of part everything. of that song. Every show. Usually. Yeah, King of Everything. Unless that, it's like at that break, drum solo for a little while. And, and if just, we have something to do, like want to get a beer or got a piss, just go talk to people. Like he, like we did at the Thirsty Hippo one time. He like sat down and like talked to people. And, yeah, like, yeah, you know. So it just leaves all the weight on Clay to just, like, fill this. <laughs> and like you were talking about being a performer earlier, like, that's a big part of it. And to me, Having it's something really, that's really interesting. To me, drum solos are really, like, primal. They speak to us on, like, an instinctual, you yeah. know, level mm-hmm. because it's just, like, rhythm. And I try to, you know, with my drum solos, not just, which I do that. I go off and go crazy, but I try to, like, keep it something you can groove to and, like, dance to instead of just, like, all right, look how good I am. It's not like an eighties, an eighties rock. Yeah, <laughs> or it's it Travis those, Barker even. It has those yeah. elements. Oh, it's nowhere near. It's that. more like if Tool does a drum solo. What's his name? Nowhere near that either. But, but I'm saying like the the tribal feel. Like a lot of times you just go to the tom and the snare yeah, and be living there for a little bit. I want people to keep dancing. Yeah, yeah. You know? like I want people to keep having fun. Like cause speaking that's of why the tribal level, I do it. You, you ever notice when a drum solo starts? Like random people start like making tribal sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, this shit is so started. tribal. Yeah. It's instinctive. A bonfire starts behind like, yeah. people getting shit ready. <laughs> you look over and some guys just some like, guys making a wheel. Like <laughs> he's making a wheel. He's wearing a loincloth, and you're like, where did this dude come from? Yeah. <laughs> Walk straight out of that cave that just appeared. Uh, Not to sound pretentious, but where do you guys compare yourself like to performers? Like. I mean, like, as performance people, do you, do you, like, compare your band to anyone you can think of? Uh, we're probably better than everybody in that aspect. I mean, I think we're the best. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> can I adjust your question a little bit? Yeah. Let's say you said, who do you guys are most influenced by? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that question. Instead of doing a comparison, like, I think, uh, I don't know. Foo Fighters, like, I'm pretty heavily influenced by Taylor Hawkins and Keith Moon. Yeah. Like, as far as on drums, um, like, I definitely have that just, like, Beat the shit like Dave Grohl, you know, beat the shit out of these drums, kind of feel. That's you, like, Alex. I'm not really sure. I kind of got bold. He's got like that Pino Palladino type, yeah. you know. Like, oh, uh, no, he really does. He, actually, he does, that's a he, good comparison. He doesn't really like, you know, get super into it, but he is at the same time. It's just like he's into it in his head. Oh, he's more focused. I some I think sometimes on like just making it perfect. Yeah, I th- I think it's like a good balance because me and Forrest can be a little much. So it's like Alex is like the rock. He's like, right. you know, he's grounded and we're just like these crazy electrical impulses. Yeah, coming off of the rock. Yeah, coming off of this, <laughs> this magnetic rock. And you know, I've always liked, like I saw Jack White live. I've never seen the Queens of Stone Age, but Jack White is not necessarily like the best guitar player. Mm-hmm. But his energy on stage is fucking incredible. Yeah. And really I love how it. Josh Homme is the best guitar player. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, if you can be super technical, not super technical, but... <laughs> I don't know what to say. Good. Jack White's you can so just be a good, really good guitar player and have that energy. To me, that's like that's God on guitar. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's God on guitar. Dude, like, so I compare myself to God. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
blasphemy. I will say once, <laughs> once, once, once. Not I an s- asshole. <laughs> also, once I saw you dudes, like I was trying to think of which band it was, and it did remind me of Queens of Stone Age, like heavily. Well, based purely on like the guitar tones, and also just the way you look. Reminds me of Josh Yeah. Look, six sure. months ago, you would not be saying. He that. looked Amish. A year ago, from that ago, you would have been saying something different. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? His just, look changes. It's like, bad. <laughs> it's bad. I'm growing my hair back out. That's my look. That's that's where I that's where I'm most comfortable. Are you not comfortable with the Josh Homme comparison? You gotta hell no. catch up to us. And I love Josh Homme more than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, not more than anybody. But you know, I love him probably more than anybody in this room. I just don't want to look like the dude. On Halloween, he was trying to be Matthew McConaughey, and he looked like Josh Homme. It was because like you <laughs> had like the sleeves. It was yeah. a joke. That was the first actor name that popped in my head. I was like, I'm Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Let's make a Lexus commercial. You look and sound nothing like him, but you could probably do like a good. That's the only thing like Josh Homme. Josh Homme is a dark motherfucker. Give me, give me a best Christopher Walken. Let's see what you got. Let's see. I can't talking to my guy wrong. Wrong tone. You're the actor. I'm the director. (laughs) That's why. That's why we have our roles. (laughs) But you dudes do all remind me of like I, I see Taylor Hawkins. Oh, dude, he's totally Taylor Hawkins in a way. (laughs) There's a comparison for you. (laughs) Heavily influenced by the Foo Fighters, um, not only playing drum-wise, but, you know, I I do dabble in writing music myself. And, like, Dave Grohl is just, you know, an an inspiration to me all the time. Dude, what's weird is I'm influenced by them, but not in the sense of, like, their songwriting. I didn't... I wasn't obsessed with their songwriting. I was just obsessed with Dave Grohl (laughs) and how he's so successful. You know, yeah. like to me, that was my inspiration. Yeah, because he like he hit Nirvana, and that's when they got successful. Because like Kurt Cobain had been doing stuff, you know. It's like, but when you know, Kurt met with Dave, that like it really blew up. And what's crazy is he had like half the Foo Fighters songs for that first album written. Yeah, but he saw where Nirvana was going. Uh huh. He said, "You know what? This is working. Yeah, I'm gonna keep these songs." Yeah. But Kurt's writing like amazing songs, so he like he put his like pride maybe aside yeah. to just. Ride that train, Cause and he, then he had the Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he because he didn't he didn't write songs for Nirvana because the way he saw it was uh, Kurt Cobain wrote awesome songs. He's like he doesn't need my. And songs. he was like making a sound for Nirvana too. Yeah, the Foo Fighters sound way different. That's how I feel about you know Def and Board too. Like I learned from that because Forrest is just an amazing songwriter. Which I you know we we do collaborate and work on the songs, especially the structure, mm-hmm. a lot together and like sometimes lyrics but as far as like the song like me and Alex have basically just given him the reins to write like the song but he but it's not like I write that bass part to the drums like, yeah they've got yeah, to write, write that around for us yeah they've yeah, got to write exactly. that shit. like he's like the spark but if know. I was doing it all myself like you know writing the songs recording everything it would be shitty <laughs> except <laughs> for the guitar the guitar might be okay so Side question: What do you think about people? Because you're a huge fan of them, who criticize the Foo Fighters for being kind of commercial. Yeah, um, uh, they're having a great life. Uh, yeah. They're making good money, making stuff that they care about and they believe in. So you can just keep talking about them. Just fuck off. <laughs> don't do it around me. Like. <laughs> I don't see them on commercials and shit. I don't see Dave Grohl trying to sell Colgate toothpaste. You know what I mean? Like they don't do that type of shit. I they, think if you if you talk shit about the Foo Fighters, you obviously don't know who the fuck they are. See, like, that's got to be it. It does it does upset me sometimes when artists like will promote a certain product or whatever. But it's like that's them. That's the product they believe in. 
mm-hmm. and they're getting paid to talk about how they believe in they're just like I have certain products that I believe in like you know this um, nutritional supplement vitamin or green if they decided to sponsor me and wanted me to do a commercial I'd be like fuck yeah and they're like how much you paying me $20,000 yes okay I think it'd be awesome I think he's more asking about like the way they write poppy hits yeah you know like heavy metal people definitely don't like the Foo Fighters because they're like yeah uh, they're selling out man they just write these pop hits and but they're writing it they don't have a team of writers with like a formula that you know like other writers if you look at them like watch Sound City a documentary about Dave Grohl which is I saw that one yeah 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 they're happy man that's what life's about ain't it Mm. I think what people's criticism comes from isn't more of like the pop hits but it's like I think it's cause like they're not thinking they're like inventing anything new I guess is like the criticism that's like it's kind of following this formula of like how rock is yeah. which I think is kind of ridiculous that not all music has to invent something new sometimes yeah. a band can just you know it's like play the strengths. it's yeah. like here's a chord progression 4-4 four, four time maybe 3-4 time here's some generic lyrics and like those are that's the song but I honestly don't really I think that everything that each member of the Foo Fighters puts into what they do is from their heart. Like, every time. So even if it does end up becoming popular and it's pop, I don't think it was meant for that. Like, they do care about their fans. You know, I think that's important to do as an artist is to care about your fans and, like, kind of listen to what they want, you know? But not necessarily cater to it, but, like, it's kind of like being influenced by a band. Like, you don't copy it. You don't do it just to be just like that. But it's like, it's there. You know, music's not made in a vacuum. If you were raised in a white room your whole life and never heard music, and then at 18 years old, someone played freaking Led Zeppelin, you know, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. So, all of that, I feel like I'm rambling now, but... You're now on the Foo Fighters fan podcast. <laughs> uh, we'd like to welcome you to the show, and we're going to be talking about the Foo Fighters today. For the next three hours, Dave Grohl's... <laughs> but no, going back to what you said about them not inventing anything new... I can see them somebody saying that if they heard them today. Yeah. But think about how old they are, 17 years old or something. <laughs> when they first came out, yeah. they were inventing something new. Yeah. You yeah, know exactly. what I mean? That's what, and they've like, stuck to it. That's the difference. Like, Yeah, I guess they're not, like, every album isn't different. Like yeah. some Pink Floyd or David Bowie, but yeah, I like anyway. that first album, so then give me that again. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys came into existence by that stretch, like, were you thinking like we're gonna make this kind of new kind of genre of music or did you just want to play stuff that you thought you could just you know make feel good you know this good I music I know the answer do y'all know the answer I was just playing what I felt ah, yeah that's it that and then, really it, then it's like yeah it's just we never really kind of stuck ourselves with a genre it was always like a well this is our sound whatever it is we're just gonna like like put into our come out of our head through our fingers through our, through the amp and it's gonna come out whatever it sounds like that's what people are gonna know us by this is what we know how to play and anybody who goes and listens to us I mean it's stuff you know it's evident I guess um, some songs have like a funky thing going on some of them are straight like desert punk rock other of them is, others are kind of like more like classic rock. It's really whatever we were feeling at the time. Yeah, seriously. The feeling is the seed is basically what we're saying. It wasn't like, let's write a rock song. It's like, this is what I feel. Oh, that's kind of rock and roll or that's kind of funky. or You know, that's... And over time it changes because we got a 
shit ton of blues influence. Mm-hmm. And we all grew up playing the blues yeah. extensively. Yeah. I saw you guys. Like, name that was our like, number one thing. Yeah. I saw you guys' name was the Blues Breakers, so. Yeah, when we first started yeah. doing uh, blues jams at Nick's. How I does he know that? Because I checked the biography on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it. Cool. I totally That's... forgot about the Blues Breakers. <laughs> yeah. But that was when we were doing like blues jams, specific blues jams. And then as we started writing songs, they uh, they just didn't fall into I miss those blues jams though, man. We still do big blues jams at our shows. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, no, I'm saying I miss the jams of like... At Nick's. Yeah, like getting pe- other people to play and like mixing up the members and stuff and just like jamming. Because like I'm going to get some shout outs. We have people like Justin Hayes. He would mm-hmm. come with a... Uh, what's that one? With uh, trombone. trombone. Yeah. And, and he plays he bass too. So he was like yeah. jumping between both. Uh, John Cleveland played drums a couple times. John, Jamie Jordan. Jamie Jordan played guitar, who's amazing. It was uh, uh, Midnight Shelby, Rebel. Check yeah. him out. It was like Shelby Kemp or Tyler Tisdale over there. I'm, I'm Tyler sure. Tisdale was there. The guy who plays in Midnight Rebel plays a slide. What's his name, Alex? Shelby. No, no, no. The other guy. He plays a white SG. He came and played slide with us a bunch. No, there's only four guys that are in. Well, what's the other band? <laughs> what's the other band? The Sunday Night Band. Well, <laughs> That's the only guys that I know of. So we're cutting all that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can leave it. Those guys are cool. Uh, no. We're just rambling about local music. Midnight Rebel's the only Sunday night band. Well, what was the other band what that was, was the, before what that? What was the original question, Josh? <laughs> what was the I original question? You're, you're, you're asking about the You just don't know his name? I okay. Like, I, I think we're just pointing out that you guys, like, well, I think we just got in the point where you guys were influenced by the blues heavily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, the Blues Breakers, that, like, we didn't have a name. We just said that, and, like, that's kind of how we got people to come to the jams, and... We were like kind of, you know, it was for me, it was an extra 50 or 60 bucks, you know, a week because I would go there and we would play for tips. And like while we were playing, we would get tipped, you know, and we were all working really crappy jobs at the time. Yeah. yeah like I was going to school and like working at a liquor store, which wasn't that bad of a job. I had no idea where I was working. I was probably landscaping, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as time went on, like, we decided to become more serious, like us three, because we were just jamming. You know? Yeah, we were just like, okay, cool, and then we picked each other. And I'd say um, we have like two or three songs that were always floating. Yeah. They're like floating between people. Cause me, yeah. me, Alex, and uh, one of our friends Freeman, who was playing drums with us, we weren't literally like a band per se, but we were writing songs. So I had a couple of those songs were floating there. Then me and Clay had written some stuff. I had floating there. Like Pawn Shop Love, Freeman did the drum. Like he kind of yeah. he kind of wrote like the original groove in a way for the yeah. drums. Like Which of is course cool. I changed it. Yeah. But it was still like, yeah, they were floating around because they were forced songs. They were like all forced songs, and he was like, and I just had musicians like music. writing. Yeah, I had musicians always writing drums and bass to, to them. So yeah. And then we had another member of the band at one time. Russell, right? Russell well, I guess well, we, we had, had two had members. We have had Russell as a bass player. But the original Deaf and Poor was uh, Forrest, me, Clay, the drummer, and Alex, the bass player, with K.M. Luckett, who is from Jackson. He plays keyboard, or he played keyboard in the band. And uh, he ended up moving back to Jackson, so we had to part ways with him. And then that's like that was when we, we just decided to stick to the three-piece sound. Like after that, it paid more. Like, paid more too. It did pay more, <laughs> but it was also just like that's what we wanted. Just the rawness. We're like, this is what we're sticking with. We're not getting a rhythm guitar player. We're gonna like, we're gonna do. We're gonna each pick up the slack where yeah, we have pick to. Pick up the load. Exactly. Like we're gonna fill out the space with just three people. That's what we decided, and it's been that way ever since. Think- even though we did have, we did uh, part ways with Alex at one point, and got Russell Thornton, who's 
the bass player on both of our EPs. Who also recorded and helped produce both of our albums. Yeah, exactly. Big credit to him. You know, he's he'll have his royalties coming. But, <laughs> yo, yo, listen here, production. <laughs> Bring my boy Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Free Freeman. Uh, no, nah, we're not gonna talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> what is? I don't want that out there, dude. But I, the free my boy Freeman's fine. But no more, no more details. <laughs> Okay. I've tried to get in touch and I can't do it. We gotta go see him. All right, keep going. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> so, what music do you guys listen to? Because I've come in here and you can think it's about bumping like hip hop. I'd say <laughs> we mostly listen to hip hop. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> hip hop, Queens of Stone Age. Is that yeah. <laughs> influences right there? <laughs> it's like Big Crit, Queens of Stone Age. Done. We've got a cover of uh, King Kunta. Yeah, we've done some hip hop. Yeah, we uh, we used to, we well, Forrest and I actually used to be in a group called Muddy Water Misfits, which mm-hmm. was a hip hop group, yeah. and uh, it was Dead five K. it was five members, and KM Lucky, our keyboard, our original keyboard player for Deaf and Four, was in that band or that group, and uh, so yeah, like we listen to a lot of hip hop, but we listen to I, me personally, if you like, if you're asking like us individually, we all have different music tastes for one thing, like. You know, we're just different people. I listen to a lot of EDM, you know, like Grizz, Grammatic, Pretty Lights, uh, Big Gigantic, but I also listen to a lot of hip hop, like Big Crit, Lupe Fiasco, of course, you know, Outkast, or getting Chance the Rapper, Childish Gambino, and then of course like rock and roll. Still listen to Foo Fighters, Black Keys, Jack White, you know. So it, it's all over the place in a way. Yeah, you know. I listen to Jimmy Rogers. Yeah, I mean, like the founder of country rock or country yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, like country I don't listen to a lot of country like I appreciate it but it's just not something I really enjoy listening to you know, and then Alex what do you got trap music trap music <laughs> Migos <laughs> who was that one guy we were gonna supposedly open up for that one time in Meridian He's like uh, this white guy, super stupid. Super stupid. <laughs> Is that his name? No. <laughs> huh? No. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, dude. Dude, I don't care. I, I got to do it. I remember Matt Love. Are we going into shit on people? Dude, mode? this like, is crazy. Yeah. Every time I'm, I'm with somebody and the name Matt Love comes up, the whole room goes, dude. Dude, <laughs> dude I met Matt Love at like an open mic night. And he was like, yeah, dude, your music's really good. We should collaborate or something. He's like, I'm the... I'm the reincarnation of Elvis. I got a, fe- <laughs> I got a, yeah, I got a fedora you can wear. A fedora. Hit on these Dude, pretty girls. You should get this tattoo. Yeah. I'm going to tattoo my car with a logo on my fucking chest. <laughs> Dude. Hey, you gotta admit though, he was committed. Dude, he was, I, mean, dude I got a funny... St- eccentric as he was. I had a funny story about Matt Love. So like, I got invited to a show at, I think the Tavern, to see Matt Love. That shit was supposed to start at 9. Yeah. That shit didn't start till like 10.30. Like the show. And it was it was really good, you know. And then Matt Love's band is like the last band to play. Uh, I believe Wes, yeah, I believe Wes was Wes the drummer. Was playing drums. Yeah, Wes was Justin playing Hayes was playing uh, bass. That was yeah. like a weak band. They yeah. were a band for one week. <laughs> Not a week, like they were a strong band, but they were a, a week long. Just to clarify, it's not like you're like they're oh, a weak yeah, band. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I forgot about two two words. <laughs> but um, I I believe the drummer in the band before was like gonna let Wes. Like was gonna let Wes use his drum set, and the drummer was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm leaving, so I'm taking my drum set with me." Yeah, and like I remember that, and then and then it was at the tavern, and then Matt Love breaks the fuck yeah, you, out. Yeah, were you there? No, <laughs> but I heard the story a million <laughs> yeah, times. He went off on he went off on Lil John. Yeah, song, like Lil John. I, 
anybody in Hattiesburg knows Lil John. He's an awesome guy, man. He works so hard. Like he does all the stuff he does for he, free. He does the sound. Yeah, like he, you know, he doesn't. If he does get paid, it's not much. Like he does it because he fucking loves it. Like that's that's all there is to it. And Matt Love is just like jumping down this dude's throat about like the sound and about the show and like I, I don't I don't. Uh, again, cool, I wasn't there. Even if something, even if so, rumors, stuff went one hundred percent wrong, you definitely shouldn't act like, dude, like exactly. I was in the front. I was like, but like not pretty close to like Matt Love. I so I remember he like man. threw a bottle and the yeah, shit exploded, and he was like, "Fuck you, man! Fuck this bitch!" And he was like, "All right, everyone can get the fuck out of here." <laughs> like, and like me and my roommate were like, "We gotta get the fuck out of here too," because we just like left immediately. Now you should be like, can we play? Since <laughs> <laughs> he's gone? <laughs> it was like one in the morning, so like it was everyone was fucking tired. No one's gonna like listen to Matt Love's folk rock at one in the morning. I don't want to talk about Matt anymore. He's gonna murder us all. <laughs> I've often wondered if he's been like on a like a forty year trip. Like, like maybe but he's only thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> so like so like when he was seventeen he took some bad acid and like by the time he's like fucking 50 or something like that. Well, you know, he ran for governor. (laughs) Oh, I did when he ran for governor. He almost won. He almost won, too. (laughs) He only needed 43,000 votes. Well, see, the thing is, he he put his name on the ballot as Matt Love, but that's not his legal name. Yeah, his name is got disqualified. Did you see he, like, I'm kidding. Matt made all that shit up. Did you see he, like, went to Canada? Yeah, he fled to Canada. He was claiming Howard Industries was smuggling in child sex slaves (laughs) Howard Industries the most established transformer and computing place in the southeast that sells stuff across the world they need extra money so they are trafficking in uh, children's sex slaves from Mexico with their trucks and dude this stuff was just so interesting to me because it was like those greedy bastards number one if this is true how the fuck do you know this and how do you make this up if it's not (laughs) I was just thinking, like, how are you not dead for telling everybody this shit? Like, if, yeah. if this is a yeah. huge... Well, that's secret... apparently why he fled. Oh, oh that's why he fled? Yeah. <laughs> they're, well, they're going to out for, for, for uh, what was it? Not Well, it's just like when you... Basically. Yeah, so when you say something bad about somebody and on What's a broad level... Slander. 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 Yeah. Slander, scandal. They're very similar. So they, like, had, you know, charges pressed on him for that. And we knew somebody, actually, Russell... Well, I'm not going to bring his... Okay, f- fuck it. Never mind. <laughs> Shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> but how are these? We do not believe in this. End of that topic. That was uh, that, that was just such a funny thing because everyone I asked about that is like, dude, I got a story about him. I'm like, really? Everybody's got a story, man. <laughs> I actually have a story that I could tell. Matt, I should have made a series about your life. <laughs> I really should have, man. What's the story you got? Well, it's actually a funny story because like he he claimed to. He he was very uh, anti-religion, anti-God, which, you know, that's that's cool and all. Like I'm agnostic, for example. They're both Christian, but we don't like fight each other about it. And I'm not like, religion is destroying the world because it's good. For, it's cool for some people. Anyway, he's very outspoken about it. Like even talked about dressing as a priest uh, when he performed. And the one time I saw him perform was at uh, <laughs> was at Hubfest. Oh and yeah! I set that show up by the way. Yeah, it was, it was outside. It was outside the porter, and like me and Forrest were running sound at the time. I was running sound because Forrest was walking around with his family, and uh, Matt Love had all his stuff set up on this table like perfectly. Like he had it like you know his like uh, CDs and everything. Like it was all set up nice. 
And, like, he had just got it. Like, I saw him. He was like, all right, it's good. And right when he, like, was good with it, a huge gust of wind came through and just... God. (laughs) It was like God said, fuck you. And he goes, he goes, shit, like, really loud. And, like, I go over there and I start helping him clean it up and stuff. And, like, he's putting rocks on and stuff. And uh, he just goes, thanks, man. Hey, sorry for the curse word. Just, like, yelled it out. (laughs) I was gone at the time, but... I had my one and a half year old daughter out there, and there are kids everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's like a family yeah. festival. So I don't know. Did yeah. he just like say it into the mic? No, 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 no. he, he was, was selling his merch. Table. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was behind his merch but table. But still, I mean, it was on. before he played. Like we were, I think uh, Pine Belt Pickers were playing. The funny thing is, he's always like pissing on you know the fact that he doesn't believe in God, which is fine. I don't care. Um, but that just happened. It's just ironic. That God hit him with some wind. Oh, the wind hit him with some wind in his mind. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> but but hey, Matt, love, much love, man. Like even though you're probably out there either in jail or like fooling other people into thinking that you're amazing. Much love, me roast you. You're a good dude. You never did me any wrong. So, yeah. word. So get him on the podcast. Get saying. him on the Dude, podcast. Get him on the podcast. <laughs> if you can find, if you can seek him down, like I will, and, and you get him on this podcast, I will literally email it to email that podcast to everyone I know, <laughs> and like I will like write letters with the link, and I don't know. I'm gonna. Like, I'll sponsor that podcast will, with my yes, name. Yes, I will put some boosting behind it, like <laughs> uh, some Facebook money. All right, can we get back to Devonport? I'm. <laughs> <laughs> People are probably turn this bitch off. It's right like, these, what the fuck are these dudes talking about right now? So, who are these guys? What do you, in your opinion, I asked uh, my friend this yesterday, the last show, what are you guys' favorite bands in the area? Oh, I mean, you I listen like to some off. Question. Can yeah. I go first? Can yeah, I go first? <laughs> All right, let me see this. All right. I got some of this, by the way. <laughs> um, All right. Individually? Yeah, individually. Uh, well, I'm gonna do individually and bands because there are just some artists. Like West West Sandiford does not really belong to anyone. He does not. He does not. He he kind of disperses can, his talent to help people out and does a great job and sprinkles it, emphasizes their music. And you are blessed when you get. That. But he's such an amazing drummer and person. Uh, he could be a badass drummer and not a good person, and I have a different <laughs> opinion. But just because he's so awesome and he's a good drummer, I love him. Uh, Jamie Jordan's awesome. I was about to say, this is Wes Sanderford fan hour now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's just talk about Wes. Uh, <laughs> oh, Wes. <laughs> no, but then, like, overall music wise, my favorite band, hands down, is Stella Tone. <laughs> yeah. I love Stella Tone, dude. A lot of influence of our songs come from Stella Tone. Really? Don't let mm. that go to your head. Uh, <laughs> I actually saw Andy yesterday. Andy's one of the nicest guys ever. I uh, love him. Face on Mars, and these are kind of like heavier groups. Mm. Face on Mars. Uh, and I like a bunch of other bands, but those are the two I'm going to stick with for now. Yeah, I mean, Face on Mars, uh, Stella Tone, Midnight Revel was really good, Fat Alley, Wild Frames, uh, uh, The Renders Are Cool, um, let's see, I mean, they're, they're cool, man. They're, yeah, they are, they are. Cool. What, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get them on there, yeah. so. Like. Yeah, like, I guess we're cool. Um... I know there's Stay Green, man. I don't know if you guys have ever heard Stay, Stay Green. Green. And Friends Fly South also. Dude, those, I love Friends Fly those South. Those guys are awesome. Um, I feel like there's definitely going to be some people we leave out, and I'm really sorry, but 
Uh, yeah. Put us on the spot, man. Yeah. Carrie Hudson. Carrie Hudson. The shit. Dude. <laughs> I miss. What about you, Alex? R.I.P. Smash. Smash, man. They were Smash, they were dope. So I saw dope. them one time and had like the best time I've ever had at Marlins. Yeah. It was really really good. And then some of my best friends and Plant the Waters. Plant the Waters. Heard about yeah, that, man. dude. They're awesome too. They got a yeah. good recording on their album, man. Yeah. Their, their production was awesome. Uh, Dylan with the Devil. Even though they're not really dealing with the devil anymore um they're really good on if like i actually they're trying to get me to play drums for them and i'll like listen to their ep i'd never heard them i was like damn dude this is really good especially uh drew the singer mm-hmm. he's got a really awesome voice and like he writes really good songs and him and the guitar player kyle are really they, really fucking tired. that's how i heard them was like two years ago and they were super rad yeah I miss Drew's I, awesome. I do miss living together as well, though. Yeah, living but together. Mississippi was awesome. Shakedown. I can't believe we forgot them. Like they weren't like at the top because we were just talking about West. Yeah, but boy. yeah, yeah, dude, Mississippi Shakedown. Well, because they're, they're a two piece and they every band out, that West know. Sanford's been in except for the Matt Love band. <laughs> <laughs> the Matt Love experience wasn't the. <laughs> I wish Russell Thornton had a band name that we could shout out. Yeah, he has, Russell Thornton's bands are awesome. Well, he's like in that position that Forrest was in before he got you know solid members like me and Alex and he's just trying out different members and different names like all the time oh dude but. it's cool um, I told Clay this but uh, ever heard of the band from the hat thing yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I'm my the band I'm in is gonna be with Russell yeah oh, <laughs> dude that's good mm. yeah that's I'm good. excited I wanna awesome. I wanna hear that I wanna hear what comes out of that hey, dude, I can't wait it's gonna be interesting to like practice for three to four weeks and then like just play a show yeah so yeah Russell's awesome, dude. He's got Russell's just cool to hang songs. out with, man. Yeah, yeah he's got he's, he's got some incredible songs, dude. He really does. I have and never he, heard anything like it. And he he yeah. hasn't released like any of it, and it's, it, it it saddens me because he's an amazing sound engineer, an amazing producer, and mixing engineer, amazing guitar player, amazing producer, singer. yeah, and songwriter. What and the fuck is but he doing? he's <laughs> it's like he I don't know. It's like he like I want to hear his music. You know, like I, if I had a CD of his, or if I had, if it was out on Spotify, I would play it all the time. Like, all his songs. I mean, I hadn't heard one song that wasn't good. Yeah. Mm. Like seriously, first time I ever heard his music, I was like, I've Damn, heard him bro. write bad stuff because you because you know we spent so much time with him. But I at never the same heard time, him record anything. Better. Yeah, he didn't like keep that. Like he's an artist. He knows what's good and what's bad. He's got an ear for it. And, and his like, sister, the combination of him and his sister, is yeah, fucking Emily, amazing. If he would just grow out a beard. Get his sister to come back from Wyoming. <laughs> they could do some big stuff. Civil Wars type stuff. Did she already leave for Wyoming? She's gone. No. I know. I didn't even get a goodbye. I didn't get a goodbye. Dang, dude. So it's this is just broke my heart. It's all good. This is Love you, Emily. <laughs> so this is officially like the dick riding podcast. So <laughs> we have like been fanboying with the Foo Fighters. Matt, not, okay, not ML. We've been disboying Matt Love. We've been dissing Matt Love. <laughs> Russell West still is much Matt Love though <laughs> I mean love <laughs> so we had to throw Emily in there to reassure you guys that we are and we miss you Emily we just found out you were gone <laughs> hours ago I just found out right now <laughs> well, I was at Russell's house you know he's getting stuff moved in yeah. and uh, I was like oh this is Emily's place he said no she's gone so Whoa. she's a rolling stone keep going I was uh, talking to you the other day. What do you think Hattiesburg gives up for a music scene that like no other town has? We talked a little bit at length about this, but I kind of forgot what to say because I was tipsy. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say, as far as I know, the underground house show scene. Because um, I mean, I don't really see that 
But then again, I've never lived in those. I think it's more extensive than that, but the house scene has a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, the way I see it is, like I've heard, I've heard older people compare Hattiesburg to like the first twenty years of Austin, Texas, when it was like having this big art movement. Because you can see so much stuff in Hattiesburg. You can see a show every single night, whether you just see an acoustic person or a big band from out of town, or like some decent bands at like bars and restaurants, and then you got the house scene. Thing. Then you have like the art walk. Yeah. Uh, Line of five. It has a ton to do with USM because, you know, it's probably like a 40% artistic school, probably. Mm-hmm. And they have like nursing and all kind of other stuff. Downplay that shit. We're talking about the music. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the music. I mean, <laughs> but if you think about it, science, everybody I talk to and I ask specifically, I'm like, hey, is Oxford like this? Because they're from Oxford. And they're like, not at all. Hmm. You know, or is Starkville like this? Don't get me wrong. All those places, Jackson, they got their music scenes. And the coast does too, but here it's super organic. Like the coast is a lot of cover bands. Yeah. You know, older guys playing uh, Brown Eyed Girl and, and all girls. that. Yeah, and girls playing. Here it's super organic, and there's an underground house scene, and um, there's a lot of originality. I think that I see a ton. Like, yeah. People. The cat is going nuts. Yeah. People uh, just trying to have their own voice heard rather than just playing for money or whatever and it helps that we have like three venues that can bring in pretty big names yeah like the dollar box uh the thirsty hippo and brewskis they bring in three different types of people you know artists like brewskis brings in willie nelson or uh some other great country artist or a bigger like cover band like uh zozo yeah you know and then thirsty hippo brings in sturgill simpson and uh uh, Burnside Snarky Puppies Snarky Puppies yeah. and then Weeks. and then yeah, yeah Weeks the, and then you well, the Weeks also go to the Dollar Box. Box they bring in the Weeks uh, Flow Tribe Flow Tribe which pretty is much once every three months crazy. So. Yeah. they're having Afro Man there which they've had before yeah mm-hmm. uh, so, David Allen Co there's some big names but coming then you through also have you also have places like Nick's where you can just you just go write your name on the calendar and you're playing that day but, like that's pretty yeah. much it but what I also say is cool is like sorry to interrupt you but with the Sturgill Simpsons and all them you're playing on the same stage as they are the night before yeah you yeah. know what I mean literally the same setup same yeah. microphones and I know that sounds kind of weird but to me it's like the door's open for everybody here yeah you know every like, like can we can bring, play at Brewski's one night as many people out in your hometown yeah. as Willie Nelson can not being from here you know it's like like I remember the Tom Fuller's actually played the same night as Willie Nelson just at a different venue and to me that was like I don't know if people were already going to be out for music for, for that reason yeah and if somebody if they if you see Willie Nelson's on the bill okay that automatically gives the venue credibility yeah. in a way so yeah. if they see your band's there and they're like oh man well Willie was there Saturday now they're there Friday it kind of puts you in the same thought process like, but other cities I don't think are like that like if you yeah. go to New Orleans and uh, Big Crit performs at the House of Blues you, you need have, to be on Big Crit's level to also perform at the House of Blues most a, of the time. You need to be opening for him or something, or opening for somebody like who's like Lupe Fiasco, who's on Big Crit's level. Like but to give you like contrast, so you got an open mic at the Thirsty Hippo, and then the same week you could have Cedric Burnside on the yeah. same stage. Yeah, you got somebody who just learned guitar. Cedric Burnside staying in the same spot that's a big deal but the only difference is time yeah Yeah. like in the same space but they're not in the same time yeah (laughs) and people (laughs) coming from New Orleans there really isn't that big of a music scene I think I was telling you about there's not really this huge 
I mean, you can be a shitty metal band, like a shitty punk band in New Orleans, but there's no real community of bands I can think of in New Orleans, per se. Would you say this is better? Yes. I would say it's miles and leaps ahead of New Orleans. Because, like, it's cool. I've been in New Orleans my entire life, and I've, like, I've, I heard bands people made in high school, and they all sucked. No, I mean, what about, like, jazz bands? I mean, is that considered... Well, that's got its... That's, like, an, its own movement, probably, in an upper echelon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, like, mostly jazz people perform, like, on Bourbon Street. There's not, like, really yeah. like a band movement. It's just these people float around, you know, performing. But here, just, Sometimes they get together. Yeah. And, yeah. But here, there's just bands. Yeah, yeah. And, Everyone trying to do their own thing. You know why they call it the Hub City, right? It's a hub. Yeah, yeah. it's... You go... Uh, 170 something miles down it's uh, New Orleans then you've got all the coastal cities then you've got Meridian then you've got Jackson you even got Mobile yeah it's um, Mary Hubbard told me this is like she's lived all over the place it's her favorite place to live because she can go an hour and a half to New Orleans and get on a plane to go anywhere or experience the most cultured city in the world just about besides like Amsterdam or something <laughs> but New Orleans is to me New Orleans is up there with Amsterdam you know it's like this Staple in America. Yeah, if prostitution and it's in, the, in culture, the bottom of the <laughs> South too, of all places. New Orleans is so cool, and then you've got Meridian and Jackson. And if you're here, you can like jump to those places really easy. Say you lived in Bay St. Louis, Jackson would be a stretch, you yeah. know. But uh, Hattiesburg allows you to kind of be based here, which is uh, like one of my dreams. If I stay in Mississippi or come back to Mississippi, I want my art to be based in Hattiesburg. Yeah, and then I can. Yeah. Float around. Float around the other places. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So, show's gonna be on Monday. Is there gonna be uh, gonna be any future things happening for Deaf and Poor? Like any future shows? No, up? this is our last show, and we're gonna and be we're done, done forever. We're never making music ever. We're just kidding. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. No, Clay's working out. Hopefully, a screening in Mobile at mm-hmm. the Blind Mule right now. So we're gonna be doing the hopefully close to the same show there. And uh, then we're going to, after that, we're going to put our uh, documentary out there in some platform we don't know yet, and we're going to start focusing on a new album, which we have already pretty much written. Yeah, it's it's there. All the songs are there. We just have to get in and uh, record them and lay them down. And, uh, so we're probably going to be pretty quiet show-wise for a little while while we're recording that, but we're planning on doing a tour in the summer. So, and, don't really know where we're going yet, yeah. but we're we plan on. And in terms of our content, you can find us at deafandpoor.com. Uh, you got the Bandcamp. Bandcamp, Bandcamp uh, Facebook, and everything will link you to each other. So, Mainly go to our website because that's where you can find you know everything. everything. You can find if you want to you know dig deeper. You can get our music for free on there. You'll be able to get the uh, documentary. Um, either, whatever we decide to do. Yeah, and to be clear, that's D A F A N D. P-O-O-R.com. Yeah, we usually spell it with an ampersand, but URLs won't let you do that. Really? Can't yeah, use you, like certain symbols. Symbols. So. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, deafandpoor.com. Go check us out, and also uh, be on the lookout for our first LP, Hunger, which we don't know when we're going to release it quite yet because we don't. We haven't recorded it. Yeah, we haven't recorded it. We'll probably rec- record it and. Just have it, you know. We're not gonna usually we'd set a release date and like make ourselves work to it, yeah, which is cool. But I think on this one, we'll probably record it and then give ourselves some, you know, leeway to make We're gonna we're, we're gonna set different dates, we're gonna set 
or have everything recorded by this date, have yeah. everything mixed by this date, have everything mastered by this date. And then we can decide when we're And then we can decide the release date. And a few quick so. words, what to expect from this album? Uh, a lot of really uh, catchy riffs and lyrical melodies and uh, some catchy songs, but also like some heavy, weird, classical type stuff mixed with rock. So, yeah, there's some diverse rhythm on there too. Yeah, there's just a lot of different stuff. I mean, it's going to be... it's A lot of it's songs that are old, like older than you know, two existing albums <laughs> yeah exactly like we had we've had them written for ages but we just didn't record them on the eps for whatever reason because we were or writing developed these, you know. yeah we were writing these new songs we're like well we need we want to lay these down because we're not as familiar with these you know so we wanted to uh you know get those laid down so that we'd remember them <laughs> in one sense so uh expect raw extreme Love. Alright. Expect the unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, definitely poor. Nice interviewing you guys. Thank you, Josh, for having us. And this song you're about to listen to is off of our most recent EP, Land Before Dimes. It's called Pawn Shop Love. Which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, pretty much anything that you can type in with your hands. And DevonPoor.com. <laughs> this is it. With a locket in my pocket So I smashed it I don't really love you, girl I should've known the chip she played And got you late, I couldn't match it So I bought a necklace made of pearl The kings and queens, they live so high 